Welcome back to the big program. Time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day as we check in with Mark Spector, as we do every day at 8 o'clock from Rogers Sportsnet. Good morning, Spec. What's going on, Kev? How are you, man? Well, just had a great story talking about these uh, young chaps from Dawson City making their way to uh, Ottawa 120 years ago. It was a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> so Dawson but, City, does man, <laughs> anyone go to Dawson City anymore? Well, I, I think there's a certain mystique, romanticism about places yeah. like that still in our country. I don't know if you agree. I've um, never been up north. I'd love to go. I'd love to go. Uh, every time I drive to Jasper, yeah. Yeah, I pass by that sign. We all pass by it, right? Yeah. Scenic route to Alaska. <laughs> And uh, somebody on CTV, I forget which reporter it was, but I think Mitch, uh, Dave Mitchell did the camera work. They did that drive a couple of years ago, just for guys like me who always wished we did it. And they did a piece on it for a couple of days and it was really well done. And it makes me want to just, instead of going straight to Jasper, I want to take that right hand turn <laughs> and take the scenic route to Alaska and see what the heck it's all about, man. Well, I mean, it's, again, it's a big part of our history in our country when you had so many people go up there for the Klondike Rush because that's, you know, they were they were hopers, they were dreamers. And, you know, right. you, you get a couple nuggets here and there, and next thing you know, and, you know, you had the saloons, you had everything. It was it was a crazy time. Yeah, well, that's what we were, I guess they built our country, people like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. what kind of crazy person to come all the way out west with zero infrastructure <laughs> out here and... Kind of the railroad went part of the way here, but not all the way, right? No yeah. one know what they were going to find. So yeah, you're right, man. Those are the if if not for those people having those dreams and taking those chances, would we would we be sitting here? I guess we might. I'm not yeah, so sure. whatever. Something <laughs> something would have happened, but I mean, it's just again, it's a it's a neat. Uh, res- retrospect to yeah. to look back on. So, Oilers got prongs uh, on later today. I see. Yeah, Pronger's coming on at nine twenty. And uh, have you seen? Have you seen? He's posted a couple. He's been working out quite hard. Did you know that? Uh, I didn't know that. No, I've noticed. So, and I, I have to look at the exact uh, regiment that he's under, but I believe it's a seventy-five day workout plan. And I think he, I think he might have just finished it, but I'm not sure. We'll find out. A little more at nine twenty, but he has been working out. If you check uh, check a couple pictures of social media, you'd almost swear that he's making a comeback. Good for him. You know what? He had a he like he was a different guy in every respect. First of all, he's a Hall of Fame player. He's a superior defenseman, right? He was everything you ever wanted in a number one defenseman: size, physicality could defend, could run your power play, had a big shot. Like he's your, what do they call him in baseball, Kevin? Five-tool player? Yes. He's a five-tool player on your blue line, man. One of the best that that ever was, frankly. Nasty. And he also had the mental approach. Like he had a, you know what? He didn't care what you thought. He didn't care what the other guys thought, how, how good they thought they were. Totally confident, bordering on arrogance, which is fine with me for my best players. Uh, but the most confident guy he ever met. And then when it ended for him, you know what? He got, he, I mean, he had that heart issue when the puck hit him, but he was, uh, he almost like he, his eyes, his, his vision, his yeah. vision got really messed up right when he retired. Yeah. He had concussion issues. He had vision issues and this really strong, strong willed person 
was had this weakness kind of forced upon him and it was hard for him to deal with man and he fought through it and worked through it and and spent a lot of time in the dark because of his eye condition yeah. and came up the other end and here he is fit fit as a fiddle and living life and uh he's persevered man good for chris well he's i think he's pushing 50 right now and when you see these pictures speck you'll go yeah you know what he probably could still play <laughs> yeah well i wouldn't have messed with him back in the day and i sure yeah, wouldn't now wouldn't mess with him now <laughs> you know, here's a true story and i don't think i'm out of line by saying this because it happened so long ago when i was lucky enough uh, to do oilers games on the radio traveled with the team so this is in 2006 it did the most games in 2006 and yep. they had they had not made the playoffs yet uh, spec it was game 78 or something like like that they had lost i can't even remember where the flight was coming from but we're on the charter and it's a longer flight the oilers had lost and mac t is at the front of the plane and he says you know what uh we're having a practice tomorrow he, that's how he addressed the media practice tomorrow da 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 and about i don't know half an hour later chris pronger walks from the back of the plane and has a little chat with with uh with mac t and says the guys need a day off we need a day off tomorrow. And Mac T at the first, he said, no way, man. We we haven't even made the playoffs yet. And, you know, we're, we're borderline right now. And Prongs just went, the guys need a day off. Mac T listened to him. They, I think, had a, you know, a day off and then won the next day or two or whatever it was and, and sealed a, a playoff position. But he was as much as, you know, we all know Jason Smith was the captain, but Chris Pronger was the de facto captain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was. A, I mean, and it's one of those things where no one's no one's taken anything away from from Jason Smith no. as a captain. Like he's was the one of your ultimate hard rock captains. But your best player is often, in many ways, your captain. And make no mistake on that team, right? <laughs> Who the best player was? Like Fernando had the great you know, uh, playoff run yeah. and Dwayne Rollison was unbelievable. And there were some good players on that team, man, Mike Pekka and all these guys, Ryan Smith, uh, hammer, but yeah. right. But there was only one Chris Pronger on that team. He was the best player on that team. Yeah. He would dictate the play, uh, quite, oh. off, quite often. Uh, we want to go a little faster. We'll go faster. If we want to slow it yeah. down, we'll slow it down. So really no uh, question would have won the con Smythe. I was a con Smythe voter that year. Yeah. Uh, no question, had the Oilers pulled that off, would have won the Conn Smythe. Carolina wins and um, uh, Ward Ward wins the Conn Smythe, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think I would say this to you. I'm not sure since then, in the 17 years or whatever it's been, we've had a closer uh, situation where a guy from the losing team hmm. wins the Conn Smythe. Chris, Chris Pronger, the vote was close. Chris Pronger almost won that con Smythe, even though his team didn't win, which is, as everybody out there knows, doesn't happen very often. No. I, again, you go back to, you know, the Ron Hextalls and, and yep. J.S. Jaguars, and, and it's almost, it has to be a goalie, it seems, you know, to, um, right. you know, so. Right. But, yeah, that was a, a phenomenal season, and, you know, I think all Oilers fans just wish it could have lasted a, a little bit longer uh, as far as his time here in Edmonton. But uh, that's... Well, when you get him on, listen, he sent me a note the other day, uh, let's say a month and a half ago, saying, hey, I got this whiskey, I'm pushing this new whiskey. <laughs> and I said, great, send a case up, and I'll uh, give you all the social media you need. Yeah. And I haven't heard, I haven't heard a thing back from him. So, well, because he's but, been training. Get him on. Ask him if he needs my address. <laughs> I will. Well, because I was assuming it's called it's called Journey Whiskey, 
that's the brand, and I think it's his brother, yeah. and they got this going. So I will uh, I will mention that because if you're getting a case, hopefully I'm getting a couple bottles out of that case. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, I'll split it with you if you can get your hands on it. But I don't like our chances. No, I don't either. No, I don't either. Um, so Oilers in New York uh, to start a three games in a four night little trek here. It's a quick one when you think about it. A lot of times you yep. might go out east to the New York area or whatever and play a few more games than just three and four nights. But what do you make of this uh, little trip after you know such a positive and promising homestand that's sort of ended on a sour note? Yeah, this is a real bounce back. This is a time to bounce back. This is a time to go into Christmas and be able to look at the standings and pick up a couple more points here. You know, not only have they lost two, they haven't played many, and Calgary just won two in a row. Everyone's picking up points on them. Um, so it, it's, you know what, we're not, listen, I think, assuming they don't lose every game, they've done a really nice job being able to go to their Christmas break and be back in the hunt here. Like, if you'd have told me that, you know, a month and a half ago that they would be here, I'd have said, oh, I'll take that in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So they've done a nice job. It's been a really good reclamation of their season. But now you got three quick games before Christmas, and it goes to a road trip after Christmas where you get Anaheim and San Jose on the road. So you could turn this into something. You got to, you know, I'd settle for half the points, right? Take three out of six on this road trip and come home and be right in the thick of the playoff, the wild card race. Uh, this is a chance to to make that two-game losing streak, Kevin, just a little bit of a blip. Uh, not something that you go, man, two turned into four, and we just peed away the, the mm -hmm. great work we'd done. So it's just a time to settle your team down. It's a time to limit your goals against, let your big boys get you a goal, let your power play get a goal. And uh, these are beatable teams out there. The Rangers are the best of them, but they can handle the Islanders and the Devils, no question. How about the Islanders? It seems every game they play is a one-goal game. Yeah, they play such a – they're a defensive-oriented team, but they're giving up a lot right now, right? If Everyone who's talking about their, you know, their shots against and their goals against, they're giving up a lot. So if ever you want – you know, that's their strong suit. When I, when I see an Islanders team – playing well they're giving up one or two a night if the islanders are giving up three and more that means they're not playing very well because that's where they hang their hat hey they're a, edmonton hangs their hat on goals they hang their hat on goals against so you got them at the right time they're not playing great they're giving up a lot and you're a team that can score uh this is a way to start your road trip off on the right foot how do you think mark specter the goaltending situation plays out here in the next three games, everyone assumes Skinner will start tonight, but then, you know, uh, Cal Pickard had a good game against uh, the Devils when when they were here. Yeah, I'm, I'm. That's, I mean, traditional coaching would state. What do they go? I, I forget now. Does it go Islanders? Devils. Rangers? Yeah, no, no, I, no. I mean, Devils Rangers. Yeah, Islanders, Devils, Rangers. So Thursday, okay. Friday, Devils and Rangers. Yeah, Devils are in the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, that's traditional coaching is you got to play Pickard one of the two. Why wouldn't you play him against the team he just beat? Uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of a bit of an old trope. I'm not going to hear, I'm not here to tell you, Kevin, that the the Devils are sitting around their dressing room going, oh, man, we got Cal Pickard again. We're never going to win this game. It does, you know, I mean, whatever, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? But you got you're going to play him one of the two games. I mean, I don't know. Like the other side of it is, if if Skinner's absolutely stands on his head, let's say he plays tonight. Let's say he plays in New Jersey, and he's really, really good in New Jersey. Hmm. It's a Christmas break coming. I'd yeah. play him two in a row. Like, why not? 
So, but I think you'll see Pickard play one of the two, and I think you'll see him play Friday night in New Jersey. That would be my guess. You know what's funny is um, I was doing a little bit of research with Chris Pronger coming in because uh, he played with Grand Fear the first year that he went to St. Louis was ninety five ninety six. So he came okay. over. If you remember, it was the big trade for uh, Brendan Shanahan with Hartford. Yep. And well, quick quick sidebar was uh, yep. Mike, Mike Keenan said to Pronger and said, "Do you have any idea who we traded?" away for you because <laughs> you know Shanahan was <laughs> yeah. a pretty pretty good player but I think Pro- Pronger was just 20 still finding his way a little bit but that year 95-96 speaking of games played Grant Fuhr played 79 games for St. Louis 79 <laughs> <laughs> that's Mike Keenan eh oh and uh, that's crazy you know I you know so you're right. We're, we baby these goalies a little bit, I must admit. Mm-hmm. Can't play back-to-back. Everybody else plays back-to-back, you know. So, listen, it, that's just the way it is today. I get it. Uh, but I don't know. Like you say, if Grant Fier can play that many games, Stu Skinner could probably go back-to-back on a Friday, Saturday night in New York. Well, so in 95-96, Fierzy's already 33, 34 years old, is he not? Yeah, you know. He's, yeah. he's 34 years old, and, you know, I mean, he's still just getting out there every game. It's just crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing a franchise like St. Louis. So St. Louis gets Pronger when he's 20. Is that what you said? Yeah, he was 20 because he played two years in Hartford, came in. Well, remember, it was the the draft with Digg, right? Alexander Digg. Yeah, and they took Digg instead of Pronger. <laughs> Oops. Um but if, here's St. Louis with a franchise defenseman. I mean, there's a guy that should play. When you get your hands on Chris Pronger at 20, you never take your hands off him. He should play out his career in your on your team. Uh, he didn't. And the downfall of the current St. Louis Blues is what? They could have had Alex Petrangelo at about $7.5 on seven-year deal, and they didn't want to spend the money. They didn't want to do it. They let him go. Look how good he is. Mm-hmm. Just won a cup. Uh, there's a franchise that had two you know, Petrangelo, to my eye, in the past 12 years is one of the top three defensemen in the National Hockey League, right? He's on my yep. Norris ballot every year. Some, he doesn't usually win it, but he's always on it. Uh, there's a franchise that had two, you know, franchise defensemen. They didn't hang on to him. That's why you're the St. Louis Blues. You've been in the league since 67. You got one cup. Hmm. Well, I'll work on that whiskey for you, Spec. At nine twenty, I don't know if that's the yeah. first question out of the holster, but it's gonna <laughs> re- it's it's gonna be up there, you know. You tell Pronger that <laughs> the Edmonton media was so good to him, right? <laughs> so good to him. That's the least he could do is send some whiskey up our way. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure there's about, uh, you know, there's got to be six bottles in a case. I would imagine. Maybe like 12, he does. Isn't it? Well, I mean, depending on what size they are, I mean, like, let's hope for a big bottle. No, I don't know. Listen, let's start with one and work from there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Beck. Appreciate your time. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. That's uh, Mark Spector uh, on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, it's our uh, headliner of the day for Mister Ruder. Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff. Uh, now we'll talk a little bit more about maybe uh, DJ Smith, the roster freeze in the NHL, as uh, that happens every time this year at Christmas. Uh, UC Valamaki, some news on him. Uh, that's all coming up with uh, Frank Saravalli on Sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us. 
All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all our listeners. And our Pump Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff. Good morning, Frank. Did you stay up till the very end of the football game last night? Come on. Does the Pope wear a funny hat? <laughs> oh, you must have been going, come on. What happened? Oh, it's just unnecess- two unnecessary picks. I'm not sure which one was more egregious and just some dumb mistakes. You get three points instead of seven when you're at the goal line, and that's going to cost you. They didn't do a really good job of running the clock out either at the end. No. Um, they didn't do anything really well. No. Couldn't get a stop. Where, Meandering offense. I mean, it was no good. Where do you like? What's your take on this team right now? I mean, they're I guess number five seed right now. Yeah, and they're playing like it. Honestly, they they're a team that the defense is so concerning. The offense has no rhythm. The play calling is obvious. And I'm no football expert, <laughs> but this is a team that doesn't really give me a lot of enthusiasm or hope heading into the playoffs. They they kind of feel and look like a team that is one and done. It, and it's funny when you break them down, you go, okay, we got a pretty good tight end. We got a good quarterback. Our receivers are great. Our defensive line's pretty good. Our secondary, we thought it was good. But when you add it all up, for some reason, they don't come across as being a upper echelon team. They have been consistently inconsistent all year. And the games that they sort of eked out wins in, and and build up this record that at one point was 10 and 1 and is now 10 and 4 all of the feelings that everyone had every monday leading into the next week like oh man this team is not very good but somehow they're finding ways to win it's all kind of coming back to haunt them in this moment in time Frank Saravalli with us on Sports 1440. So uh, I guess we're into the Christmas roster freeze pretty soon here, Frank. But is it, it tonight? Yeah. Is it almost? It's, a, it's, it's the insider holiday. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, you know, I mean, Brian Burke always used to say that he would up his, like he would make it longer uh, in Berkeyville. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's almost a gentleman's agreement right now? Um, I think if teams can avoid making a, a significant transaction right now they will and I have to think that even the Ottawa Senators were cringing a little bit yesterday firing DJ Smith a week before Christmas mm-hmm. um, I think that's certainly something that teams are cognizant of and and not to say you know I don't want to make any sort of bold proclamation today and have it you know end up with egg on my face in short order but at least from the few teams that I checked around yesterday on it seemed to be pretty quiet, and those would be some of the teams that would be right in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yesterday, as you mentioned, DJ Smith fired in uh, Ottawa. Are you surprised that it lasted this long? I am. I mean, that's a pretty incredible run, 300-plus games, four full seasons. And I know teams loathe the idea of having a guy steer you through a rebuild only to hit him with – a hammer in the face afterwards when you finally get a team that has some expectations and should be better. But to me, this situation had played itself out with yet another bad start to the season for the Sens. And I think the the disappointing part is as much as the Sens new ownership and management group tried to avoid doing this, what they've done is essentially cut the legs off of their team for the season. And it's almost 
at a point now where they have no chance to get back in the race and not no, but it's, it's pretty slim. I mean, five weeks ago before the global series, which is really when they should have done it. There hasn't, by the way, been a real material change in between now and then it's mostly been the same hockey for the Sens that they had a 40 some percent chance to make the playoffs at that point in time. Now it's down to 11. The math just works in your, uh, against you so much that it becomes difficult. And so some people had said to me, Kevin, yesterday, well, what was the St. Louis Blues playoff chances in January when they made their coaching change in 2019 and went on to win the Stanley Cup? It was 22% at that point in time for the Blues. So double what it is right now for the Sens, which just goes to show you perspective-wise how difficult it's going to be to dig out. So, Frank, when you know the ownership changed and i mean i remember them saying we want you know stability but Mm -hmm. with what's happened here it's the exact opposite of what the franchise needs right now yeah and i think there was a real argument to be made for that kevin because the big thing that they wanted was to turn down the noise and volume that surrounded this team yet every loss every bad road trip that followed it was getting louder and louder. The chance of fire DJ in Canadian tire center. I mean, that was, you couldn't miss it. And so I, I, speaking of Brian Burke, who made the coaching change with Ron Wilson saying like, it would be cruel, and unusual punishment to make Ron Wilson go back and coach again at air Canada center back in the day. Um, that's something that I, I think they recognize their fan base wanted to change. It's in the best interest of the franchise to make a change and look, um, not all of this is on DJ Smith. Like, I certainly think this pl- this group of players, this collection of players is better than they've put forth to this point. But they've got to deliver on their own end, too. Frank Saravalli with us on Sports 1440 from the Daily Faceoff. And Frank, you had an interesting post uh, regarding uh, Yusovella Mackey. It's something you don't see too often with how an injury is handled. Um, can you have an update and just kind of share to our listeners exactly kind of what happened and what you know? Yeah, I'll try and boil it down as best I can. So essentially, the NHL and NHLPA are investigating jointly how Yuso Valimaki, the Coyotes defenseman, after taking a 93-mile-an-hour slap shot to the face in a game in Dallas last month, ended up essentially being dropped off in a Dallas emergency room lobby via ambulance and left to fend for himself with severe facial injury that required you know, five, six hours later 55 stitches to close a wound that was internally bleeding. He lost three teeth, fractured a bone in his mouth. Um, It was a pretty ugly scene. And I think the big question that players are left with now, as a lot of fans have responded and said, well, have you seen what the healthcare system is like in both the U.S. and Canada, the wait times and what's going on? The players are essentially asking, is this how players in any other league would be treated? Does anyone really think that if LeBron James got an elbow to the mouth and had a similar facial injury that he'd just be dropped off at an ER or any player in the NBA or Major League Baseball or NFL? And so they're asking now, why was this the case? And to everyone's best knowledge, and we I say best knowledge because the protocol isn't public, 
there wasn't actually anything broken in the protocol. Hmm. The stars doctors examined him because most teams don't travel with a doctor and they essentially loaded him into the ambulance and he's then in the care of the hospital. The coyotes left a staff member behind to help uh, advocate for uh, Valimaki's care. So they didn't break the protocol. But my point in writing the story is if there's an investigation underway, if there's questions being asked and the protocol was followed, then to me, that means the protocol is broken. Hmm. So there was a comms uh, staff member from the Coyotes with him? Yeah, he was from their, uh, his his exact title, uh, Devin McConnell, is high performance director. So he's not a, um, he's not a medically trained, um, he's not a doctor or anything like that, but he's part of their, their staff that would, you know, be left behind to help make sure that he gets proper care. And that just wasn't mm-hmm. the case in the Dallas ER who triaged him. Valimaki and and left him sit there for hours before even cleaning the wound, let alone doing anything with it. And they said, look, we've just got higher priority trauma patients coming through our door, such as gunshot victims. I get where the hospital's at, but the hospital also told him, hey, find a hotel, go and sleep it off, and we can do surgery two days later. Hmm. And doctors later told Yusuf Valimaki that if he had gone back to his room and slept it off, that because the internal bleeding was so significant, there was a chance that he could have asphyxiated on his own blood while he was sleeping. So the point is pretty scary all the way around. And I think if fans are groaning listening to me talk about this, Mm -hmm. and not just because it's graphic, because they think, oh, well, a player shouldn't get any preferential treatment more than anyone else, my answer to that would be, we ask a lot of these players on a nightly basis, and they put their lives and bodies on the line they should get proper care. Do, do you think, Frank, that and just because it's the Coyotes and we know um, what they do uh, financially, do they would they travel with a lot less staff on the road that this came into play? Uh, they they actually don't, um, as far as my knowledge. And by the way, I did this exercise uh, like eighteen months ago. You'd be pretty surprised to learn that. The, the Arizona Coyotes have more front office members Ooh. and staff in their <laughs> hockey ops than the Edmonton Oilers, mm. just FYI. Okay. Um, but this isn't a Coyotes issue at all. Like, the, Valimakian, as I reported in the story, is was very happy with how the Coyotes handled it. This is purely a, a protocol thing, a Dallas hospital thing. And I think there's also some questions left to be asked, really, of the Dallas Stars medical team, which is – it's great that you told him that he needs to go to the hospital and he needs care there, but at what point do you have an obligation to go to the hospital yourself as a doctor physically to make sure that this guy is being looked after and or helping set the table for you know a call being placed to make sure that this guy is not just sitting there waiting while he's dealing with a pretty significant injury? He's, he's really lucky that not only did he have someone from the Coyotes uh, staff, but also his wife, uh, Vilma also happened to be on the road trip at that game. Mm. And if she wasn't there, I think we'd be asking some different questions today. Ooh, th- this is going to get some legs, I would think. It's It's been a pretty explosive story. This was w- one of the top three most clicked on stories on dailyfaceoff.com this year. I believe it. Uh, Frank Saravalli with us. Uh, any update on the Carolina Hurricanes goaltending situation with what they are going to be doing moving forward? 
I think they're going to try and let this play out. Um, Piotr Kochetkov has played pretty well in the last couple games. He signed that four-year, $8 million deal last year, if you remember. And I think the Canes were hoping that if he was put in this spot this year, if Antti Ranta and Freddie Anderson had injuries, which they're wont to do, um, that he would be in this spot to take over. And the problem was he didn't play very well. No one has played well in net for the Canes. But these last three games, he's been pretty good. So they're hoping that'll settle itself down. Plus, um, they brought up Yaniv Peretz from the ECHL. And I know a lot of people are listening to that saying, the ECHL, what are they doing? (laughs) Well, the Canes don't have an AHL affiliate. So that's actually the only place they could send him and have any control over him. And so he comes up. He won a national championship with Quinnipiac in the NCAA. He's the backup for now. They brought in Aaron Dell from San Jose last year on a tryout contract. And by the way, Freddie Anderson has been medically cleared to play again after his blood clotting issue that popped up earlier this year. He's ramping up skating in the next seven to 10 days. And so they're hoping some combination of Kochetkov playing better, Peretz potentially being a shot in the arm, Dell on a PTO, and Freddie Anderson working his way back. Some combination of the four will tide them over, who, by the way, the Canes, if you sort the uh, standings, are in a wild card spot today after a pretty shaky start to the year and uh, 32nd place goaltending. <laughs> uh, anything on the Oilers front? Because we there was a really hot button topic goaltending wise uh, several weeks ago, or is that cooled down a bit? I think it's still. It's cooled down, but I think it's still certainly right at the top of the Oilers' priority list. And it's it's not so much what do we do, it's how do we figure this out? Does Jack Campbell get another opportunity? Should we, if he doesn't you know, play well when he gets a chance to come back, should we find a way to move that contract? And who can really be a difference maker relative to cost? Mm-hmm. I think that's really the biggest thing that the Oilers have wrestled with and struggled with is – There's a lot of names floating out there, guys that might be available. But I'm not sure that the Oilers believe any of those guys that are available are really going to change the dynamic that the Oilers know with Stuart Skinner as as well as he's played in these last few weeks that they need a 1A and 1B type situation. The days of playing 60 games a year are over. You need Skinner to play 45 and you got to figure out who plays the other 37. We're going to have uh, Chris Pronger come on the show at 9.20 with Grant Fear. Grant Fear played 79 games the first year Chris Pronger went to the St. Louis Blues. That's insane. That's an insane number. It it really, it is. uh, You you should ask Chris Pronger, by the way, what he used to call me my first year on the beat. (laughs) Okay. See if he'll tell you. Well, you know what's funny? Um, He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he would not (laughs) allow me to ask a question in some scrums. He would put his hand up and he would say... (laughs) Get in line, you bleep bleep. Okay. So I've got to relay a question from Spec. I've got to relay a question from you. Uh, mm-hmm. Spec wants to know where his whiskey is because he's got the new whiskey line out. I suppose you want a bottle of this as well? Uh, yeah. I, I I have to get some of that. I'm a big <laughs> uh, whiskey bourbon guy. Well, I'll I'll see what I can do, Frank. I mean, uh, hey, and have you seen, have you noticed uh, he's been posting a couple pics on social media, Chris Pronger, and he is, uh, he's been working out a lot here lately. I saw the hard 75. I was kind of, I was like, huh, I wonder what it would be like if I did that. And then I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. 
Well, that's it's a little different. Hard seventy five days to hard seventy five seconds, isn't it? Yeah, I would need a hard three hundred. <laughs> so, hey Frank, thanks for uh, this. We'll uh, chat with you on Thursday. Appreciate it. Have a good one, Kevin. That's uh, Frank Saravalli, our headliner of the day for Mister Rooter. There is a reason that they call them Mister. For all your plumbing needs, go to MrRooter.ca. Quite a few texts coming in regarding. Frank's story uh, and the Arizona Coyotes defenseman, Yuso Valamaki. Uh, check out Frank's article on it. Um, and a lot of people are, you know, they've got both opinions kind of covered here. Marty goes, athlete or not, athlete or not, the care should be the same. Just because money is involved doesn't put I'm on top of the list. Uh, Team Dean says, Frank lost me at We Ask a Lot of Our Players. So what? They play a game and make millions. That's a. Uh, what about emergency workers, working parents? Uh, uh, that statement reeks of flames jumping out, jumping the queue for flu shots a few years back. Dr. Dick Richard, I doubt it if you're a doctor, but so let's get this straight. Players are salted because they can't get timely health care uh, to. Uh, Frank is tone deaf. Well, that's not correct, but I've seen people legitimately die in the yard when I worked in healthcare. Maybe you are Dr. Dick. Uh, rich crybabies don't deserve better health care than the rest of us. Uh, the Conroys goes, uh, that is a horrifying story. These young men deserve better. Okay, let's try to kind of put this in a little bit of a uh, perspective on both sides. For one, I think you have to, you would have to agree with this statement. If you have, uh, if you are in uh, the position where you have a little more money than some others, you are well off, you, um, right or wrong, a lot of the times these people will get to the front of the line. They will jump the queue. That is just, that's the way it is in our society. Like it or not, that's the way it is. How many people, and it's a little different scenario as far as emergency goes, so don't come at me with that, but a lot of people will go out and spend their own money on whatever it is, a certain procedure, uh, maybe a knee replacement, hip replacement. They will go and do that because they have the affordability to do that. And again, don't come at me and say it's the ER is different. Yes, I'm agreeing that. But a lot of these teams, think about, even if you have uh, you want an MRI done, every NHL team, every NFL team, these there's there are MRI machines and X-ray machines in the buildings. You know these players are having them done right there uh, by by companies that are big sponsors. Well, f- MRI official uh, magnetic re- resonancy uh, imaging consultant for whatever. Uh, we see it. We see a lot of that. This injury to Valamaki is not a good one in the sense that, uh, as Frank was saying, he could have asphyxiated on his own uh, blood if he would have maybe fallen asleep or with internal. I'm betting that it would have been something where it would have been attached to his uh, jaw, tongue underneath in there because of where uh, the slap shot to the face occurred. But... Again, this is just not a, it's not a good look for anything, for healthcare, for, for all of the above. And you heard what Frank said because of uh, the, they were ranking, you know, I, I guess you would say call it a triage. 
uh, a triage when you come into emergency and they, what do they do? They go, okay, you are a priority over this patient. You are a priority over that. And they would have looked at, at this and went, we've got six, seven, eight, whatever it is. I don't know. More people that are a lot more serious. Um, Tiger. Um says, hey, uh, Kelvin, uh, this is a real touchy topic for people, but I got a new new help from Alberta Health, and I was 50. I was very happy. My sister went down in the States, paid 40, for, 40 Canadian for hers. Tiger, kind of explain that a little bit more. Um, Dr. Dick Richards says, no, not a doctor. It's a reference to an old television show. Gotcha. Klaus from Beaumont. How about no human deserves to die of internal bleeding in an ER? Yes. Well, that's kind of what we're saying, Klaus. Is, but... I guess the easiest way, and and Frank was kind of explaining it in the sense of when these patients come in, um, I'm assuming that uh, Valamaki would have still been almost, <laughs> he would have had a lot of his gear on. He's not having a shower. He's probably got most of his undergarments on. Maybe he might even have, uh, you know, his pads and pants on because if it was a serious uh, serious enough situation, then they're just going to take him into the ambulance and uh, take it from there. Oh, so Tiger's talking about his hip. Uh, so she didn't want to wait and bought her. So that was what I was explaining to Tiger with people that have the affordability, didn't want to wait, things like that. Very touchy subject, I think, Duke. I don't know if... Uh, I, I think that, again, if Frank says that this got the most uh, views on a in an article in a long time, you're going to see... Um, this have legs a little more uh, down the road. I, I, I mean, yeah, and it, it depends on, like, any given night and any given amount of staff at a hospital about how these things really play out. I mean, like, I, I've gone into emergency rooms uh, in, a, like, Red Deer Hospital, which is a relatively small uh, operation there uh, by a lot of standards, and it's like, it, there's sometimes I've sat there in emergency over the course of, you know, like, hours on hours and hours if it's something like dehydration uh, one day in the in the tractor cab without AC or I went in there one time after getting a bunch of weed spray blasted in my eyes and I don't even sit down they run me back and get the uh, the, the drip going on the eye clean so like it, it does depend but I think the the essence of what people are kind of missing here when I, I agree I don't think that hockey players or celebrities or whatever deserve special treatment but, but if the it. care was necessary that like Frank said, he was at risk without attention of, you know, choking on his own blood or whatever the case. That That's not preferential treatment. That's just human treatment. I still think, though, you if you are up on the food chain, you are getting preferential treatment. Oh, I, I'm not saying yeah. you don't. I'm saying that it, it should not be that way. It should be a matter of... Um, like urgency of care. So if there was somebody that, yeah, comes in with mm-hmm. a, a pipe sticking out of their leg, yeah, you could probably attend to them before worrying about, um, you know, some stitches in, in someone's face that is not at that moment life-threatening. But to go that long without any sort of attention, that's a to- that's a different story in, in in its entirety. And I think that's yeah. what some of these textures are missing, that we're not, we're not saying they deserve to jump the line, but if you're in a hospital and you're being put in the care of health professionals, you deserve attention all the same uh and like i said this it wasn't life-threatening in that in the exact moment but that's not to say it wasn't serious uh, at the same time so th- there is two sides to this but uh, i think frank um, did a good job mm-hmm. covering it i think that just some of those textures aren't quite um looking at it at a full scope 
Steve, MP Steve says it's triage. More serious patients gets priority. That's what's the controversy. Well, that's kind of what we said. That That's exactly what happened in the opinion of the medical staff in this Dallas hospital. Sham says, Kev, it should be protocol that a team doctor rides with a player, stays with them for support, etc. Agree. Don't, so again, this is, uh, and, and, and Frank mentioned the, the staffer from the Arizona Coyotes in the sense of who was with Yusuf Valamaki. So it, was, it wasn't a doctor, though. We know that. How many doctors are on the road? I don't know for uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Conroy say, having worked emergency for a year, triaging does not always work. Sounds to me that this was a miss on behalf. So everyone call, uh, everyone chill. This needs to be investigated. Young man should have been attended to better uh, hockey player or not. I kind of think that's what we're seeing here. So uh, when we come back, uh, top of the hour, Grant Fuhrer, Hockey Hall of Famer, our co-host from 9 to 11. Chris Bronger, Hockey Hall of Famer, special guest at 920. Uh, still working on Zeke Thurston. Uh, big, big week for uh, Zeke the Freak at uh, NFR. And then Stephen Rosner, Hockey News, covers the Islanders. Uh, that'll uh, be at 1040. Still lots more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. I uh, can't figure it out, Duke, but I know you went hard with uh, looking in the uh, encyclopedia here for the Christmas songs. Is that Jody Messina? Uh, well, no, those are men. Um, those <laughs> <laughs> really? That's uh, that's the Hunter Brothers out of oh. out of out of your homeland. Uh, oh, the Flatland. Well, uh, JJ Hunter was uh, with the Edmonton Roadrunners years ago. Correct. Oh, I didn't know. It sounded sorry. It sounded like a woman. Sorry, uh, sorry, Hunter Bros. Those those are very talented guys. Uh, And yeah, I actually didn't have to dig too deep. Uh, That's one of my one of my favorites because once again, it's a classic Christmas Carol with a bit more of a modern twist and some pizzazz (laughs) with the the whistling and stuff. I I I'd find that so catchy. That's uh, that's one of my favorites. Hunter Bros. Why did it sound like a couple of women singing? Because they're hitting those high harmonies so well. And you obviously, I feel bad you, about you must, that. <laughs> you I mean, should. <laughs> I, and how many? Was there three brothers or what? Uh, I think so. Yeah, JJ. Some other ones. <laughs> a couple other ones. <laughs> uh, a lot of texts uh, still coming in regarding uh, Yusuf Alamaki and what he went through in Dallas. Uh, Clayton says, "I sat in the waiting room of the Misericordia for eight hours after taking a slap shot to the pace to the face. Sorry, I had a fractured cheekbone. My sinus bone broke." Off inside, sounds like a tough one, Uh, Clayton. Nails says broken face, Trump's broken hand, yada, yada, yada uh, from Nails. Um, Again, we're not, there's going to be a lot of investigating going into this process and there will be, you know, when you you get the the Players Association uh, moving on this with the league and now you've got a Dallas hospital which is technically, you know, this is something that I don't think that we've seen before in the NHL where they are investigating the protocols of what happened in a hospital to one of their players. But as as Frank said, luckily, like Yusuf Alamaki's wife was down there in Dallas. And again, we aren't comparing Canadian healthcare to American healthcare or things like that. But... I mean, this is a situation, again, where when you have the PA being involved and looking for um, answers to an investigation for one of their own, they're going to they're gonna do their very, very best to, to see exactly where things go from there. 
Top of the hour, Grant Fear and Chris Pronger at 9.20. Boy, I never thought I'd have so many questions to ask Chris Pronger from fellow media people, Duke. I mean, do you, you must have one for him. I don't know. Oh God, I, I could have a I could have a hundred for him, but uh, I'll leave it uh, leave it to you and Grant the the pros pros. Um, I mean, hey, yeah, if you want to throw a, a few in about his time uh, in Anaheim, which unfortunately <laughs> leaves a sour taste uh, in the mouth of most Oilers fans because of his departure from here to go there, where he won a Stanley Cup, uh, served as team captain for a bit, was you know continued to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL at the time. And I think if you look back in the entire history of the league, he's certainly uh, up there. I mean, he's a, we had that discussion. Was that this week or at the end of last week, the Hall of Fame? That was the end. must have been the end of last week because it wasn't yesterday. Yeah, um, end of last week, I think. Uh, like, you talk about first ballot Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no-brainer, Chris Pronger. Yes. So, um, no heart, heart Trophy winner, for goodness sake. Uh, Aaron in Hannah just texted in. That was a great laugh. Don't know who should be more insulted, the Hunters or Jody Messina. <laughs> I think it's you who's tone deaf. Yeah, Merry Christmas, boys. Uh, thanks for that, Aaron. I don't know why. I just, I had it in my mind that it was because you, who's, you like Jody Messina and you like another. Uh, I love Pam Tillis. Pam Tillis. Um, but that's the thing. So, like, once again, to we talked about this a lot at our Christmas Carol discussions. Mm-hmm. Most of my Christmas Carol exposure is country music artists, either some originals or covers, and uh, since more and like the ones that are most fresh in my mind are more recent ones. So like I couldn't name you. I'm sure they each have their own Christmas album because they were the biggest in the world in their time. Jody Messina and Pam Tills. I couldn't name you one of their Christmas carols, but some of these uh, the current uh, and modern pe- modern folk, hundred percent. I do honestly feel awful about <laughs> the Hunter Brothers now. I'm sure we have a way of, uh, well, I'm sure you have a way of getting in touch with uh, those boys and well, maybe, like again, uh, maybe issue, uh, issuing a personal apology. We're almost 20 years when J.J. Uh, Hunter was here, I guess. Roadrunners had, a, well, it was the lockout, right, 05. Mm. So that, that was the lockout in 05, and that's when the, the Edmonton Roadrunners were... Well, I mean, they Hottest took... ticket in town. Well, they were the only ticket in town in the sense because, I mean, the Oil Kings weren't here yet. And I went to a lot of those... Well, I mean, Jared Stoll was playing for the Roadrunners. Rafi Torres was playing for them. Jeff Delorier. They had a lot of great players on the team. I remember, too, even Robin Brownlee, who goes on Gregor's show, Robin Brownlee was going on the road with them. Mm. So you look at where things have gone now, now they don't even go on the road with the Oilers. Uh, when we come back, Hockey Hall of Famer Grant Fuhr will uh, be our co-host from uh, 9 to 11. Before that, uh, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. It's now open for the season. Be sure to support your local ski and snowboard shop. Then get ready to ride the valley. Visit snowvalley.ca today. Here is the Duke.